We've been looking at a passage in Mark 8. I'm not going to read it today. You can go back and listen to the past talks if you want to. But a moment when Jesus heals a guy who'd been blind. And at first when Jesus touches the man's eyes, uh, uh, he actually spits in him, so it's weird. And, uh, and the guy can see blurry, maybe because... Uh, anyway, uh, you know, he, he could see blurry. He's like, people look like trees, right? Like blurry trees moving around. And then, so Jesus lays hands on him and prays for him again. And then he can see clearly. And the thought that we've been working with is we have a world around us that is crying out, watch me, watch me, watch me, right? Like kids at the pool or in the playground, and they just want to be seen. They want to be known. And the question is, are we watching? Like, do we have eyes that see and ears that hear? Are we helping the world around us know that they're loved and cared for? And are we lifting our heads to do that? And so as we've been walking through this, we're going to conclude here with really being watchful and being watchmen. And the Bible speaks on this a little bit. So the big idea today is you're the watchman. You're the watchman. And what is a watchman? Sounds weird, uh, but I'm glad you asked. And a, a watchman is somebody who would find themselves in the like Bible days in what was called a watch tower. So they named it something really obvious, right? Uh, they would actually, there's an image of a watchtower, I think, in the, in the notes there. Uh, maybe we got it up, coming. So this is a traditional, like, watchtower that would be next to a community. They would build this thing up with rocks, and in the top there, uh, a person would actually live. And they would go out and, at night or uh, even during the day, and they were watching far off to see if there was trouble coming or they were communicating from where they were far off if a celebration was needed or if there was a need. So they would call to the shepherds out and they would also be the ones that would uh, find themselves in like a position of saying, hey, we're being invaded, get ready, get, you know, inside a town or whatever. There was a second type of watchman though. Uh, there was a watchman that would find themselves in like the gardens and the fields. And, and they would build a hut right in the middle of a garden or right in the middle of a field and uh, protect it from like, you know, the animals and, and invaders if they wanted to come and steal food. Yeah, they were the protectors of the fields. And so you had these different roles for watchmen and it gives us a visual illustration, ultimately, of our role, of what maybe that would look like today. The Bible talks about watchmen throughout it. And it says things like in Psalm 127, 1 through 2, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat for he grants sleep to those he loves. Or, um, you know, I mean, the reality is, speaking of those who would be up late and up early, I mean, we have to pause on a day like today. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And the watchmen, ultimately, of our country, we have to, to pause and remember and say thanks for, right? 
those who have given their lives in some other country, maybe even in our own, for our freedom. Like that's an ultimate modern day watchman. Somebody who would bear arms and go out to protect the homeland, right? Uh, so watchmen look like all kinds of things, but Memorial Day is a time to remember those who've given their lives for our freedom, and we are grateful for that. And often, right, what does our country say? Uh, one nation under God. And we have this, this reality of a watchman instilled people who go out and sacrifice for us. Humbling, isn't it? Lord, be with those families who have lost loved ones. Or have loved ones abroad, right now even. Jaden spoke last week about holding on to truth and extending love. Not letting go of truth, right? Because if we let go of truth and we just get, and we're just loving, we can often like find ourselves lost as well. We gotta gotta have a, a hold of an anchor, gotta hold on to truth as we extend love. And the reality of this is, this passage is, these passages like Psalm 127 is, is we can't abandon the builder for the house. And I think sometimes we try to build our lives and we try to live in community and live life to the full without the guidance of the ultimate planner of our lives, the builder of our lives. We need to hold on to truth. We need to hold on to the one who guides the build. Unless he guides us as to how to watch and to how to interact with the community around us, then oftentimes the things we do to serve him are in vain because we're really just kind of going through the motions. Isaiah 62, 6 says, Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all of you who pray to the Lord. This thought of watchmen is the church. Like we are the watchmen of today. Are we praying for our community continually? Are we praying for awakening? Are we praying for God to move on those hearts of people who don't yet know him? Are we praying for those who don't yet know him? Or, or we're unsure, man, I'm not sure where they're at in their relationship with Jesus, but I'm praying for them. Do we have a burden for people who don't yet know Jesus? I hope we do. I hope it's stirring within us. And honestly, the more we love God, the more we grow in Jesus' likeness, the more we're gonna be broken for those around us who don't know him because Jesus' heart is for those who have yet to decide to follow him. We need to pray for our cities. We need to be the watchman in heart for our communities. And although we might not be on a tower or in a hut, we need to find ourselves right in the center of culture like they did. So there's lots of passages that guide us to some things of how we should love our neighbors, our city, our region. And we're going to look at those. Just really two thoughts today. And the, the first thought that you can pull out of those is that watchmen build within the community. I love that hut image, and, and although it's just a, a drawing, but you know, you have this hut right in the middle of the garden. And I think that's what we should envision when we're looking at the community. Watchmen don't avoid the enemy, they put themselves right in the middle of where they'll be needed most. If, like they would literally live in that hut in the middle of a garden, 
And it's like, we don't run from the challenges that we'll face. Watchmen are like there for the challenge, but they're also there for the celebration. And they're the first ones that get to announce things are going well or a celebration is at hand. And Christianity can't be its own thing on the edges of culture. And I know sometimes we feel like that's where culture wants us. Oh, you're a Christian? Well, don't say anything about that at work. I don't want you to be the weird one at school. You know, let's just set that aside. Save that for later. Sunday, maybe. Every other Sunday. Once a month. Whatever. You know, and the, but let's not get too crazy. Not get too wild about our faith. But the reality is, a relationship with Jesus is something that's growing all the time. And the challenge here is to be those who pray continually, day and night. And not just pray for ourselves, but pray for our communities. Pray for the people in our communities. Pray for our cities and our schools and the construct of our community, that Lord would bless it and uh, find ourselves, even from day one of when we decided what would a church look like if we were to start a church in Bonnie Lake, it needs to be something that's right in the center of culture, right in the center of community, and not looking in from the edges. And that would be weird. We don't want to be the creepers that try to, like, lure people away from the center of culture to be one of us, right? That'd be just creepy sounding. So it's not a horror movie. It's a real life. And it's living life to the full. God needs his people who are growing in relationship with Jesus to find ourselves in the center of the community. And Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7 is a classic passage for this. It just says, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce. Marry, have sons and daughters, find Wives, for your sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. That instruction was given to Jasmine and Aladdin. And No, just kidding. Just kidding. If you've gone and seen the movie, it does sound like a scene from it, right? Their love for a city and, and they're being given in marriage. It's not at all. That's fictitious, guys. They just brought it to life. I went and saw that yesterday. and My daughter's new favorite princess is Jasmine now. And we have some of the songs memorized already since yesterday afternoon that have played repeatedly on Spotify. But this is giving us the same challenge for our city. That it's not, we don't just look at a place we live as a moment. Or as maybe we're told when we buy our house, the average person only lives in one house two to five years, and then we just move on to the next neighborhood or next community. But what if our mindset was, I'm going to give myself to this city. I'm going to love this place I live. I'm going to invest myself into the needs of today. I think one of the the things that is different about today versus then is, is tables are the new towers. We might think of a watchman, you know, as the image showed, is, is somebody up on top of a wall or up on top of that tower shouting out, invaders coming, or, or we need more water to the sheep, or whatever they're shouting, right? They're giving instruction from up high because they have a better perspective. But today, if we want a true perspective of what is happening in our community, we sit down with people. We invite them over for dinner. We do life together. 
It's like the power of a table, power of a meal. And I could get all geeky on this because my new favorite show on Netflix is Chef's Table. Anybody watch Chef's Table? It's like six seasons in. You probably watched it seven years ago, and I'm just behind. But anyway, I'm, I'm watching it finally. I'm all alone. I'm, I'm the only one who raised my hand there. You should watch it. I don't think anybody should try to... Uh, it's just these people fall in love with their cities and regions and, and make food out of it. It's actually this, it's very artistic. And I'm all about film and cinematography, and it's amazing in that realm. And I was watching this and just going, man, if we could be that insightful about where we live. I mean, these people do live through their noses. It's really weird. You would know a chef, because in, in this show, they're all walking around smelling everything. It's really weird. They, they don't look at food. They smell it, right, to know what it would taste like. And, and, and yet, God wants us to go around not led by our noses, but our eyes. That we would see, that we would be able to understand the needs around us by what we're seeing. There's power in that. And we can see better what people are facing in their lives when we sit down and have a coffee or uh, share, share a meal together and just talk and discover life. Life happens around tables. And, and that's true in this show. Certainly in this show, their sanctuary is a table or a kitchen, I guess you could say. That's their tabernacle. But we can see clearer at tables as well, more so than towers or tabernacles today. Jesus exemplified this. Luke 15, 1 through 7, he says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Dun, 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 right? Verse 3, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has 100 sheep, one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness, go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Then when he finds it, found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends, neighbors, saying, rejoice with me because I've found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. We get this story of, of Jesus' value of eating with those he's trying to get to know. We get this story of Jesus calling together a celebration with his neighbors, not his disciples. It would have said there, he called the disciples together and just his close-knit ones hung out. No, everybody hung out and celebrated. We should be the ones searching till we find today. We should be the ones broken for those who need to be found, who are lost, who need to find the hope and full life that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus. We should be eating with them, associating with sinful people. Right? That's in there. Jesus did this. In fact, it says, Jesus hung out with notorious sinners like what is that today I don't know like I try to picture that because 
the more we become like Jesus, the more we long to love the lost. And when was the last time you shared a table with what you could consider a notorious sinner? Not yourself. Think of somebody else, right? Like, I was a notorious sinner, like, and I'm glad that there were watchmen that came after me in my life. I, I know my grandparents were watchmen. They prayed for me continually, even though I was in no apparent way ever going to find my way back to God. They were just trusting on Scripture that said, raise them up in the way, and they'll not depart from it. And, and they would claim that over my life. I know there were people God put in my path that were a good example, and Christ followers that could inspire me to make my way back to God. And their influence eventually got through, and I found my way to a place where I was recognizing when people were giving glory to God and realizing Something about this Jesus I need to figure out. My heart began to soften and open. I believe that was the watchman around me. And now we get to be that. I get to be that in people's lives. I have a friend who's not going to hear this message. I guarantee it. Uh, I have a friend who won't accept a friend request on social media. And they told me why. They're like, oh, you don't want to see my life. Like, I know you don't want to see my life. But you know what's cool? That friend has been to multiple things we do and served. I mean, the neighbors still come together and rejoice when the lost sheep is found. Still come together and rejoice at like a big give where they show up and serve shoulder to shoulder. Do you know that the person right there in the midst of big give handing out meals is a notorious sinner? Nah, not unless you know them. But the reality is we need friends that were broken for like that and you know when they told me oh there's a reason I haven't accepted your friend request on social media I chuckled but when I left I cried that's why I'm praying for those who need Jesus that person's name is always on the list why would I get emotional? Well, because I'm on staff at Open Life. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why. Uh, we all do, though. It's just weird. It's that heart of God that if you let it in, if your eyes are open and you walk through community and you see people who need life and peace of mind, your heart's going to be ripped out. And it's a good rip. It's a good hurt. It's a good brokenness. Jesus asked this question in the middle of that challenge. He said, if there's sinful people around us, if someone's lost, in fact, the exact word, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? That's our second thought today. The second thought is, ask the question, what would a watchman do? Acts 20, 28, Paul gives this instruction as he's getting ready to go on. He says, guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers with vic like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you. 
my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. See, Paul cried. I could cry. I mean, the reality is Paul's struggling. These guys, man, I have stayed up night and day. There's things that keep me awake because I'm just like, Lord, my constant watch and care for you. This isn't just for the pastor or for the leader. This is for those who follow Jesus, that we would be burdened night and day for our city. That we, it's okay to shed many tears when we begin to see the needs of the community around us. That we would guard ourselves from apathy because apathy would not go after the one. Apathy would say, keep the 99 safe. And you know the statistics today in our community would be that probably about 12% of people on any given Sunday are in, in church. So over the course of years, one wandered and another wandered and another wandered and then another wandered and, and, and another wandered and another wandered to where there's, there's only 12 sheep left. When are we going to go after the one that wanders? That's the challenge at hand. And we're on this Years later, reality of we need to never allow apathy to kick in. True watchmen give up their comforts. And they go and they live in the community and they guard the property. And that, in essence, today is souls, people, communities. It's, it's the people around us. We need to be the watchmen in, in, in times that are difficult and allow people to become dear to us and, and not give in to fear or the lack of time, but realize I'm here for a purpose. We're here to help people become growing followers of Jesus, more and more like Jesus every day, to be the shepherd of God's flock. It speaks all over and scripture about shepherds. You could read illustration after illustration about how a shepherd will guide his flock. And even in the Christmas story, what were the shepherds doing in the field with the sheep? It says they were watching the sheep at night when the angels came to visit them and say, Hey, glory on the highest. Jesus has been born in a manger. Go, check this out. They were watchmen for the sheep. You see watchmen all over in scripture. What does it look like today? What if God has placed you in the middle of a people for a reason? Right here in this community. God bringing people to the community. Um, to watch, to see if they're in a season of refreshing, to celebrate with them, or if a season of need to where we could pray for provision. That we would fight away the, the things that would try to steal faith from those around us. That we would fight away the, the, the thieves that would try to steal life from us and speak in love in a way that would encourage those around us. So we're not just a great place. I don't believe we're just in a great place to live and in great communities. Like we're placed here on mission. We're placed here with a purpose. To be watchmen. To be those that would have eyes open, heads up. And God's bringing people here so you and me can be watchful for them. So that they can experience genuine love, genuine faith. And find their way back to God. 
live in joy again. Come on, Dad. All the communities around here aren't in joy and growing. There's a lot of lack. There's a lot of need. I know. Like Buckley, Wilkinson, Burnett, if you even know where that's at. I know somebody who knows where it's at. They live there. But anyway, you know, it's like Burnett, uh, South Prairie. You look at these communities that don't even, some of them don't even have a church. Probably more for sale than is occupied. What do you do with that? Like what's, our, what's our space to do as watchmen? Like it's this season of need. God challenges us to that very concept. I mean, we read the, the passage already that if the city prospers, we will prosper. But check this out. Jeremiah 33, 10 through 11 says, this is what the Lord says. You have said, this is a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah, other towns, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will be heard again, along with joyous songs of people bringing thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. They will sing, give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies. For the Lord is good, his faithful love endures forever. For I will restore the prosperity of the land to what it was in the past, says the Lord. Desolate cities. I mean, we hear this and we, this term, just let that term mess with you to realize God has called us to be a part of solution in desolate cities. And it wasn't too long ago that there was tons of stuff, like even businesses, vacant in Bonnie Lake. And then Costco <laughs> bought land and now it's all like, I want to be next to Costco, right? So it's like filling up, except for the Albertsons building. And... Uh, We can't dismiss the leading of the Holy Spirit when we have an idea that can prosper a desolate place. Like this is our role as as a watchman to say, there's a place to graze over here, right? There's there's I see over here that there's an opportunity, or or watch out over here. As watchmen, we should be pleading, praying day and night. For God to prosper our communities. And he puts us in a place to do that. I love the opportunity I have as a chamber president in our communities. To be able to actually connect the dots. And be a part of revitalizing communities. I think it's incredible. I love being able to connect dots this week for the Bonnie Lake Food Bank. If you've been watching like the news, you've seen the need that exists even financially at the Bonnie Lake Food Bank and, and getting parties who want to re, reestablish it to where it even is loving people in a more dignified way and providing in a bigger building and all these different resources that are connecting together. We have the opportunity to connect dots and serve community in a way that is constructing where there's desolate scenarios. And you're a part of that. If I'm a part of it, you're a part of it, but I'm not where you're at. Have an awesome time. You're greeted by uh, Lorna today that's serving at the Bonnie Lake Food Bank and talking about how fun it is just to give herself a few hours a week to the Bonnie Lake Food Bank serving. And she discovered that by going through Growth Track. Like that she would be fulfilled doing that. I just think it's cool to hear the stories of what God is doing as we're watchmen. In empty streets, there will be heard once more the sound of joy and laughter. 
That should mess with us. So where has God placed you as a watchman? Your neighborhood? The city you live in? Your family? You're a watchman for your workplace? Your school students? None of it by accident. How are you a watchman? Jesus said in Matthew 5 that we should, we should be salt, that we should be light. We don't run from the darkness, right? We're light. Light always conquers dark. Watchmen stayed up all night protecting communities. They would pull shift duty, right? Salt is not too strong if we dump the whole thing on it. It's too potent, so we need to love gently. We can't just be all like, I'm a watchman from my neighborhood. I'm going to go crazy. In fact, I'd say, invite them to your table versus stand on the street with a sign and a megaphone. Have a dialogue. That's being a watchman. Jesus said that we should be praying over and over again in here, right? Prayer is often the most gentle beginning of transformation as a watchman. For a community. Like that's the prayerful moment to prepare hearts. As Jaden hit on last week, we don't come after the wanderer too hard. Come in gently, restoring those who have wandered away. Our action challenge for you, our action point this week is, is simple. I think it's the first thing to being a watchman. And we've been saying it throughout this series, but we gotta lift we got to lift up our head and see. we got to pull our heads up. Maybe get our head out of our phone. Look around us as we drive. When we're walking, say hello to a neighbor. Sit on the front porch instead of the back porch. What can we do to be more aware and literally be watchmen where God has planted us. That's the challenge at hand. Watch what the Lord will do. I think what our eyes see mess us up and make us love. And loving where there's needs can be really messy at times. Just watched Instant Family. You think all I do is watch TV. I've used three TV illustrations. I enjoy watching stuff. So anyway, watched Instant Family this week, and, and it's messy, foster family scenarios, but I've been told from many that that's an accurate movie, and being a watchman for those who need families in our community, that's messy. You'll see a video about it in just a second, but it's needed. How are we going to let God get a hold of us through our eyes? We'll be the ones that watch. Can I pray that over you? Because I want a greater love to just mess you up. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through us. Through our eyes, through watching, you give us the ability to see the needs around us. And God, we owe so much to the watchmen in our, our world. In fact, this weekend as we celebrate Memorial Day, we owe a lot to watchmen who give their lives for the freedoms we have to even gather here today. We owe so much and are so grateful.
But Lord, you've put us in whatever neighborhood we're in for a reason, whatever school we're in for a reason, whatever sport, whatever club, whatever activity we like to do for a reason. The relationships we have around us, you put us there to be watchmen. Those with eyes that see, and minds that could conceive what you're up to. And I pray that, Lord, we would be faithful with what we see, that we would allow it to go to our hearts, that we would allow passion to be compassion, that we would be those that would have the courage to sit at tables, even with notorious sinners, and love them unconditionally, opening up our life to theirs and theirs to ours, holding on to truth so we don't get lost in the process as we gently restore the communities around us. God, help us be those that would be initiators of life. Lord, let the desolate cities around us once again prosper, and may we be inspired to be part of the solution. Whether we're connecting the dots or initiating, Lord, send us. Help us be those that are ready to say yes to you when you give us that unction to make an impact in our communities. Give you thanks for this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team is going to sing today. Would you think about your response? You can turn over that Connect card and jot down a prayer request or your response, and we'll follow up with that. But I just want you to dwell. Man, How? what should I see? How am I a watchman? Process that as you, you worship today, and then Jaden will come and close us in a second.